You're listening to the serial podcast production of Hidden Things, written and read by Doyce Testerman. This is episode 16, brought to you by Kickstarter backer Lorne Lehrer. Calliope, Vicus, and Gershon sat around Gershon's small kitchen table with steaming cups of coffee. Gershon was smiling. I think... He waved a hand through the air. Eh, she has found something very strong, Vikush. Yes? Vicus's coat-button eyes were on Calliope, but he spoke to Gershon. That's what it looks like. He took a drink of coffee, grimaced, and set the cup carefully on the table. What do you think? he asked, directing the question to Calliope. Waste of talent and time, Calliope murmured to herself, the words hardly intelligible. Calliope, Vicus said. Yeah? Calliope looked up from her coffee cup and blinked, shaking her head. Sorry, um, I guess it went all right. All right, Gershon chuckled. She makes joke, I think. Vicus said nothing. Calliope looked from one to the other, her expression bemused. I don't really remember. Her voice was quiet. It's always kind of a blur. Vicus nodded, his garish face as close to serious as was possible. How do you feel? Great, Calliope replied without thinking, then blinked. I mean, she looked up at Vicus, clearly confused. Great, I'm not tired or anything. I need a shower, I guess, but otherwise... Her gaze became unfocused, as though she was trying to recall something just at the edge of memory. Great. Vicus looked at Gershon, who smiled broadly and slapped him on the shoulder. I think you have hit the nail on the first, uh, uh, swing, my friend. Vicus nodded to Gershon in acknowledgement, but, like Calliope, his expression was distracted. Calliope rolled her window down, raising her voice over the noise of the wind. I still don't know what we're doing. Vicus glanced at her, sucking on his cigar hard enough to make his cheeks bow inward as he held a flame to the tip. Moving it to the side of his mouth, he blew smoke out of his own partially opened window. We've got to keep moving. We can think while you drive. Burning tires, Calliope said, her face twisted. That smells exactly like burning tires. God, I hate that smell. Always have. Ficus frowned at her, moving the cigar nearer the window. Well, why'd you tell me I could start it up if you're going to go all martyr on me? Because it still smells better than you, Calliope said. We were at Gershon's for over a day. You couldn't have taken a shower and washed your clothes? It's a little more complicated than that. Ficus took another draw from his cigar. Calliope raised her eyebrows. What? She looked over his rumpled, stained clothing. Please don't tell me that you melt if you come in contact with water or something, because that would be really stupid. Vicus snorted. Hardly. He rubbed at the corner of his mouth with a glove finger. Just wouldn't help, is all. Then what would? Because I'm willing to try most anything. With a wordless sound, Vicus extinguished his cigar and tucked it somewhere within his clothing. There, it's out. Roll the windows back up, please. You didn't have to... If I'm gonna die... I'd like it to not be hypothermia that takes me down. 
Calliope glanced at Vicus, then rolled her window up without comment. There's not much chance of that, is there? She asked after a few miles had passed. Of what? Dying quietly, Calliope said. Her voice was solemn, reflecting her morbid mood. Not really one of the options. Vicus met her eyes in the rearview mirror, his expression blank. Well, it'd be all right by me if dying didn't come into it at all, but yeah, if it happens, it won't be quiet. He glanced at her. You definitely won't go quiet anyway, he deadpanned. I doubt you do anything quiet. He chuckled. <laughs> like that time when your parents let you sign up for that school play. What? She glanced at Vicus, her brow furrowed. I don't... You were, what, about fourth grade or so? The counselor said you needed to participate in some school functions to help you socialize. You hadn't been going to town school for that long or something, right? Help build your confidence. Something like that, Calliope said, still frowning. Yeah, but confidence wasn't the issue, was it? Absolutely no problem with stage fright for the Jenkins girl. Vicus grinned, and his mouth stretched back much too far, which Calliope never liked to see. You got up in front of everyone and just took over. Your folks were so embarrassed. Vicus shook his head. Snow White's evil stepmother tries to kill everyone and take over the world on opening night. Just a skosh over the top. Calliope shook her head. That isn't what happened. I was trying to explain how she was just... Her frown deepened. I never told you about any of that. How do you... I found out after I died, Vicus said, his eyes tracking the snowflakes that were starting to come down. Calliope's heart thudded in her chest. You... I didn't think you knew that had happened. What do you mean? Joshua turned to look at her, scratching at a long, shiny scar on his forearm, the one from the jungle gym accident. Good grief, Callie. I called you twice afterward. Pay attention. He grinned and his mouth stretched much too far back. Calliope screamed. The sound of it shocked her awake. You, uh, you, you sleep all right? You get a good, uh, nap? Calliope stared across the table at Gershon. His ears, still hairy, ended in tufted points that waved in unison with the movements of his bushy eyebrows. She was surprised she hadn't noticed that before or the points of his canines dragging at his lower lip. His leathery skin shone in the kitchen light, the fur smooth hair along his jowls and arms a mix of salt and copper. I had a weird... Calliope cut herself off and forced a smile. I slept very well, thank you. Oh, <laughs> you are uh, lying, I think. He chuckled. His eyes slitted and sly and reached back for a steaming pot on the stove, lifting it by its bare wire handle and swinging it over to the table. I, uh, make coffee. You? He raised the pot, leering at her over the brim. Calliope kept her smile locked in place. Sure. He chuckled as he poured, shaking his head. Steam rose from her cup, but no smell. It's good. Uh, you drink. He wanted you, uh, bright-eyed for the, uh, visit. I guess so. Calliope felt her forehead crease, but took a sip, tasting nothing but hot, slightly metallic water. He's a good guide. Guide? 
Gershon made a mock, confused face, the kind that adults use when the child gives the wrong answer to an obvious question. You used the wrong word, uh, I think. He tilted his head and waggled his free hand back and forth. Is uh, close and sounding, but guide? No. Is gold what Walker is? Walker? Calliope cut in. What? Sounding same, uh, meaning different. He paused for a second. And, uh, uh, wrong anyway, is what he was. What Walker is now, uh, I think there is no... Gershon likes to talk. The narrow-faced special agent stepped past Calliope and walked around to stand behind the old man. Gershon hung his head, his expression ashamed, the small horns on his forehead, something else Calliope hadn't noticed before, pointing nearly at the floor. Sometimes, Sometimes he, talks. he talks too much. Walker patted him on the shoulder, then wiped his hand on his coat as he looked up at Calliope. I only mind, I only mind when it's to the wrong people. Calliope's eyes narrowed. Like you? Walker's pin-bright eyes met hers, but he spoke to Gershon. Miss Jenkins, Miss and, I. Jenkins and I need to have a talk. His face was blank. Give us a, Give minute. Us a minute. Gershon started to stand, but caught Calliope's gaze. He hesitated. You are uh, okay with this? This talk? Calliope looked up at Walker, her face deliberately calm the kind of bored look she knew irritated most people. Then back to Gershon. I'm fine, she said. I'm dreaming, right? She leaned back in the chair and folded her arms. It's not like he can do anything. Gershon opened his mouth to say something, but his eyes slid sideways to Walker. And he nodded. Okay, he said, the word a rough whisper. He shuffled out of the room, his small hooves dragging on the linoleum as though his legs were in shackles. Calliope watched him go, watched his tiny, cloven feet, then turned back to Walker, eyebrows raised in silent challenge. Right, Walker sniffed, the nostrils of his hatchet-blade nose flaring. Let's talk. Let's talk. Whatever, Calliope replied, her voice thick with boredom. But I don't see the point. I know this is fake. She gestured around the kitchen. We left Gershon's place almost a day ago. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. Sorry about that. Walker's face, except for his eyes, took on a look of apology. It's the best, it's the I, best I could manage, since I was never able to find that bloated stain you got White's message from. He leaned on the table, stretching across the open space toward Calliope. Help me make it more accurate. Calliope cleared her throat. How? Walker smiled, the two sharp angles of his face pulling up into harsh V's. If you're, if not, you're a not a Gershon's, where are you? The lights in the room went out, and the darkness filled with whispering voices. Calliope jerked upright, heart thumping, fumbling through the darkness for a light switch. A blocky red alarm clock LED near her grasping hands showed 1.43. Next to the clock, she found a lamp, then the switch at its base. A motel room. Dark windows. No one else in the room. Calliope got out of bed and padded to the window. Pulling aside the curtains, she could see that the snow that had kept them off the roads for the last 12 hours had stopped falling. In the reflection from the darkened window, she could make out the room behind her clearly. 
Still no one else here. Her gaze came back to her own face. Except me. In the reflection from the window, her dark eyes looked like black plastic. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Hidden Things Audiobook Podcast. This DRM-free production was made possible by the Hidden Things Audiobook Kickstarter backers and is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivative Works 3.0 license. As always, watch out for the hidden things.